Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Bob Wheeler, who is the CEO of The Money Nerve. He also is the host of the podcast show, Money You Should Ask, and the author of the book, The Money Nerve, Navigating the Emotions of Money. You can learn more about him and his work at his website, themoneynerve.com. Without further ado, Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So at the time of this recording, we're about halfway through the year. So I thought I'd ask, how's 2021 treating you so far? Uh, so far, so good. I've been fortunate. I'm employed. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've got an accounting firm, so we do taxes as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, not as many live workshops, but life has been really good. I'm excited to see what the rest of 2021 brings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like, I mean, for, for me at the time of this recording, I can't believe we're already in the second quarter of the year. However, I personally liked to be busy on purpose because I don't know where the future is headed. So it's nice to sort of let time fly, but also look back and at least say that I was productive. <laughs> Absolutely. And I hope that a lot of people took advantage of the time off or the, yeah. you know, you're in isolation and there was a lot of opportunity, um, even though I know it was scary for a lot of people. So yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Bob, as you mentioned, you run an accounting firm, and what you love to do is help people manage their finances. And I know that you work with an array of people, uh, but for the thoughtful entrepreneur, we'll talk specifically to the entrepreneur uh, for our conversation today. So, I'm curious if there's any new observations, let's say at the start of 2020, that you have kind of picked up that maybe have shifted for entrepreneurs because of the pandemic. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I think when the first uh, waves of pandemic came, a lot of my clients were completely panicked. Oh my God, mm. I'm going out of business. I'm yeah. going to lose all my clients. I'm not, I don't have money in reserve. And yeah. so there was a, an extreme sense of panic with a lot of people. Yeah. And to be sure, some companies did go out of business, um, you know, restaurants, certain things, they did go out of business. But for the most part, I think the big shift for a lot of my clients was, oh my gosh, I still have money in the bank. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I actually can survive. And I cut out a few of the things that I didn't really need. Yeah. Um, you know, I had one client say they saved $15,000 of going out to dinner. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and so I think what happened was people found out they were more resilient than they realized. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is something that the pandemic has taught all of us is that we are a lot more resilient and resourceful. And uh, we have, a lot of us have actually prepared unknowingly for a time like this. So for you to uh, have your clients say to you like, oh my gosh, I still have money in the bank. Like I can survive, I think is incredible. And I'm sure is, is a testament to you and, and the way that you've taken care of your clients. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, one of the clients that I work with, the comedy store, which I'm also the CFO of, and I've been working mm -hmm. with for many, many years, we would squirrel money away because before the pandemic, we were making really, really amazing money. Mm. Uh, not like what we had seen for many, many years. And everybody kept saying, why are you guys being so tight with the money? Why are you guys being so tight? And we were like, well, we've been doing this a long time and you never know. And certainly we didn't factor in a pandemic into the budget, but because we had been really mindful mm -hmm. about spending and saving and all of those things, when it did hit, we were pretty prepared. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's incredible. So when people ask like, why are you saving all this money? You're like, this is why. <laughs> Winter's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Winter has come. <laughs> no, I, I love it. You know, so already Bob, we've been uh, talking about uh, high emotions, you know, from people freaking out the beginning of the pandemic to realizing that they can survive and sort of having that peace of mind. And one thing that you primarily like to educate on is the money nerve, which is a, a special term that you use. So tell us what the money, uh, the money nerve means and what our listeners can take away from this, from this philosophy. Absolutely. So the money nerve, and the reason I use that phrase is, you know, when you win the lottery, when you scratch off a ticket and you go, oh, oh my, you know, you get excited. You have this euphoric feeling. It's it's actually a physical feeling, right? We feel it. Yeah. Um, when we look at our bank account or somebody declines our credit card and we're publicly humiliated, we feel the shame physically. Yeah. And so for me, it was important to acknowledge that it's like lives in us, that it's part of us. It's not something we can just go, oh, that's that and be very um, intellectual about it. Yeah. Um, and what I've discovered is and 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 I, I'm sure I'm not the first, is though that we have this undervoice that that's actually doing all the talking. So we can sit there and go, oh, I want to be successful. Oh, I want to start a business. And then this little voice in the head says, not going to happen. You're not capable. People will judge you. And, and, and all these things come in. And that's the voice that I'm really trying to get people to listen to. So yeah. when I'm in a group of people and I'm like, who wants to be wealthy and successful? Everybody's like, I do, I do, right? And then I'm, I'll ask people who actually believes it. Yeah. And then a lot of people, uh, uh, right. <laughs> and it's that voice that we're trying to catch because that's the voice that is actually uh, leading us on our path. Yeah. And let's talk about that voice. I mean, some people call it uh, different terms like the inner voice or the negative voice in your head or the devil on your shoulder. Right? right. And, and let us know from maybe your experience or understanding, like, where does that voice even come from? Well, you know, it, I mean, comes from our parents. Um, right. And sometimes we're like, that's my, (laughs) that's my mom talking. Well, at a certain point it's not right. Mm. We've given it our mom's voice or our dad's voice, but it's actually our voice because we've taken it on Mm. when we're young, we're taking an information. So when we're four five and six, we're observing things. When mommy and daddy talk about money, they fight money's bad money's conflict. Um, you know, oh, I want a new toy. You're greedy. Oh, people that ask for things are greedy. We start making these assessments really early on. We might have grown up in a certain church culture. We mm-hmm. might have grown up in a certain ethnic uh, ethnicity that the culture is all about, like, let's have a good time or let's save our money. Right. right. So all these things start coming into our head and we start going, oh, that's true. That's true. And so what we pick up as truth is beliefs. Yeah, Um, that may or may not be true. And then we start to make them our truth. Yeah, yeah. So Bob, I know that you have a book and an audio book titled The Money Nerve, Navigating the Emotions of Money. And, you know, part of your mission is to create awareness of this money nerve, this inner voice in your head. So tell us a little bit about this book and maybe how people can start to identify that that voice is actually there and you can talk back at it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You can say thank you and goodbye or thank you for sharing. Because sometimes these voices aren't going to go away, right? right? There are certain things that I still struggle with, but I'm aware of them. So I don't let them drive me. I I just am aware that they're trying to have impact. Um, Mm -hmm. So the book for me, I really wanted to start conversations about money to let people know that there's no shame in not knowing uh, how to handle things financially for not getting the download, for not getting the financial literacy, and really to let people know that they're not alone. Because one of the things that kept coming up for me um, with clients and in workshops is afterwards, people would say, oh my God, 
I thought I was alone. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the only person that was holding all the shame. And so right. for me, it was so important to write this book and really start to look at what are the ways that we do this to ourselves? How is that voice serving us and not serving us? Like it served us to a degree, right? It kept us safe. Um, And when we were younger, that's important. But as we get older, it might be holding us back. And so in the book, what I do is I help people to go back and explore some of their family history, their parents' beliefs, things they remember as a child, Mm -hmm. and then start to figure out, is that true? Or is it a belief that I had? And a lot of us stay in negative pleasure, meaning I'm going to stay a victim um, and not be a success because I don't have to like take risk. And yeah. so I'm, I'm comfortable with that because I've got a story. Yeah. And, and so what the book really does is help people to be aware of the words we use. Um, I've, I need a new phone. I need a new phone. No, I want a new phone, mm-hmm. like just slight language changes or, you know, I really want to be financially successful, but I'm not good with money. Uh, we change that. And I'm learning to do better with my money. Right. Yeah. Or, I'm currently, instead of people saying, I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke. I'm currently cash flow negative because, you know, I talk to people that are, you know, they've got three properties, they've got millions of dollars coming in their business. They're like, I'm so broke, (laughs) right? You don't have access to liquid cash. Mm -hmm. And so to just slightly reframe things and then start to get conscious about how do we spend our money? What are we doing? Are they in alignment with our goals? What is my life purpose? What do I want to accomplish when I get to my 40s, 50s, and 60s? And am I doing things today that are in in alignment with that so that I'm in integrity with what I say I want? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those uh, belief systems that are in us can really uh, take a hold of us if we're not paying attention to it. And I do like how you mentioned, like, you know, they existed for a reason and, you know, they did keep you safe. They did protect you at some point in your life. And I think it's important to sort of do that mental check in of sorts and, you know, let's say read your book and really evaluate and unpack that and saying, is this maybe this served me for a certain time, but has it been expired? Am I still, you know, believing it? And if it is expired, what can I do? How can I replace that? That through what I tell myself, how I tell myself about, about money moving forward. Absolutely. And you know, there's another piece to it. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these beliefs help us affirm or disavow what our parents told us, mm-hmm. right? So if my parents said, you're never going to amount to anything and I want my parents to love me, I might unconsciously keep proving to them, look how right you are. Uh, wow. And right. And there's this place where I want them to be right. I don't want to make them wrong. And, yeah. and, or I might be in defiance of my parents. And so whatever they said, I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that really plays into is, is like how we want to uh, disappoint or um, impress our parents, like our major people that brought us into the world. Yeah. It's so crazy. I often say that we spend most of our adult lives trying to unpack our childhood, <laughs> our childhood, essentially. That's um, right. Well, Bob, let's talk a little bit about uh, what this means for entrepreneurs. Uh, I know that in this case, you're talking about how, you know, in our personal lives, we tend to self, let's say self-sabotage to prove our parents right in a sense, but in a way this can translate to being an entrepreneur as well. So um, I know you've worked, like I said, with an array of people, um, including entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs. So tell us your uh, take and perspective in working with them and how they could self-sabotage. Yeah. You know, one of the things, because uh, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and I learn, work with a lot of creative folks mm. and there's, you know, these belief systems that, you know, like with the artists, you've got to be a starving artist or it's not pure. 
Right. right? If right. you actually have commercial success with your music or your art um, or your acting, you're a sellout, right? right? You're not real. And the thing is, you have to get clear about what is it that I want to do? What's my purpose? What am I trying to do? Am I just trying to like have lots and lots of like sales and just sell vitamins and I don't care if people get sick from them. I just want to make money or Mm. am I here to be of service? Like what do, what am I bringing? What's my purpose? And one of the things that happens is, you know, I had a client that every four or five years, her business would just sabotage. It would completely almost go bust. Yeah. And her mom would save her. Her mom wouldn't give her couple hundred thousand bucks. She'd turn it around. Yeah. The business would boom again. After the third time I sat with her and I said, you know, this is, this has happened three times. Yeah. Are you willing to, are you willing to talk this out? Let's just explore this a little bit. She's like, okay, well, what we discovered was that the way she knew that her mom loved her was when her mom came and rescued her business. Mm. And so what would happen is every four or five years, she'd start not feeling the love And rather than just saying, hey, mom, can you tell me that you love me, (laughs) right? More direct, she would sabotage the business and mom would come in and save the day. Wow. That's deep. Mm. Yeah. And and then she had a choice. Do I want to keep doing this now that I have awareness or do I want to move forward? I had another client who was uh, a professional, had his own business, and things had just gotten tough. He'd brought in a partner who had taken some money from him and things were rough. Yeah. And he wasn't a good uh, entrepreneur. He wasn't a good business person. Yeah. He got offered a job to be paid like $250,000 a year to come into a firm and manage the other folks and do what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, this is such an amazing opportunity you just got. You could walk away from everything. He goes, I can't disappoint I can't disappoint my parents. They're so proud that I have my own office. If I close shop and take a job, it will break their hearts. And so instead of actually doing what served him, he let the business go under, which also probably disappointed his parents. (laughs) But he was in this belief mindset that if I do what's actually best for me, they won't love me anymore. Yeah. And, And that's pretty heavy stuff. Um, that as entrepreneurs, we have to want, we have to ask ourselves, do I consider myself worthy? Um, am I willing to put in the work and do I deserve it? Yeah. You know, I think about the last decade of myself being self-employed and although my, uh, my parents and family are from the Philippines and they were like business owners in their own way, part of them coming over here was to aspire for uh, us, my siblings and I to have stable jobs. And, you know, fast forward to today, we all are creatives in our own way. Like I've been self-employed for the last decade. My brother is a you know graphic designer. My sister is in the arts. And, um, and it, it is, it is interesting because even though we are sort of happy in our position, we do have that inner voice inside of us that's saying like, oh, but maybe mom's not really proud because she would have preferred that yeah. we work for the government or whatever. And so it's almost like, it's a, it, I really appreciate you touching on that because like you said, it's really heavy stuff. It's real stuff. And it's more than just money. It's, it's really what's beneath it, what that money represents and, and how you're getting that money that, you know, often is tied into the approval almost of our parents, which I'm sure it's not all the yeah. time, but it sounds like at least in your talks, it is a lot about like seeking your parents' approval. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's amazing how, what links will go to, to have mom and dad be really proud of us. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, af- I've often said to clients, um, 
ask your parents, what would I have to do for you not to love me anymore? Like check in with them. I right? like that. Yeah. Just be really direct. Will you still love me if I'm successful? Um, or if I go off in a path that's different than from what you want. I, yeah. I have a friend and a client um, who was sharing with me. She's won Golden Globe. She's been Emmy nominated. She's mm. done amazing yeah. things with her life. Her parents are still like, honey, if you want to come home, because she didn't go into the career that they wanted her to go into. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, if it doesn't work out, she's like, it's going pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still like, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's just, uh, just what w- our parents approval is, is, is everything. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It um, but let's, let's talk about maybe, and I know you, you've worked with a ton of clients and entrepreneurs, Bob, but tell me a story that really resonates with you, with a client you've worked with that makes you proud to do what you do and, and helping them have maybe made that mindset shift. Yeah. So, uh, I have a, a, a recent, uh, victory story that I, that I love. Um, I have a client who is, uh, an actor and she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she got really, really sick a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. almost died. Um, wow. She was doing all this work. She was doing, but she, nothing was happening. Her career was not taking off. Um, financially, things were really looking rough. Yeah. And she ended up getting a couple of TV shows. Um, and she called me up and said, Bob, I've got all this money coming to me. I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> and I was like, great. So <laughs> let's figure out how many episodes you're doing, how much money's coming in. And it was a nice chunk. Yeah. And we sat down and we said, great, we're going to pay off all the debt. We're not going to do it in one day. We're going to pay off this much debt. And mm-hmm. we like, we made a whole schedule and mm-hmm. you're going to take this much money and this is going to go into savings. This much goes in for taxes. And then she called me up and she goes, well, you know, my whole family's coming out to LA. I'm going to fly everybody out because we're going to celebrate. And I said, you get $5,000. She's like, what? I'm like, 5,000 bucks. You do not get to spend any more than that (laughs) on your family party. She's like, okay. So she really stuck to everything. She stuck to the savings. And this year um, we were doing tax stuff and great amount of money. I'm like, you made a whole lot more money than she goes, I've been saving all my money for taxes. So she had enough money to pay for the taxes and she just made an offer on a house and she did this in two years. She's turned wow. her around. She's got money in the bank and she's really learned de- delayed gratification. Yeah. And she's, and now she's actually getting the bigger things that she wanted. And it's so cool because when we talk, she's just so full of joy. Yeah. I think that's wonderful that your clients can trust you to that level uh, to be like, well, you give them a number like, Hey, spend this much 5k, for example, on your family to, you know, to celebrate and what have you. And it's great when, I mean, I imagine it's even great for you to see the client actually see through with it and, yeah. and for them to see like, Oh, I can still live. I, I don't have to have that scarcity mindset and feel like I need to, you know, protect my money. I could actually spend a part of it because I've already established good, you know, spending or saving habits to the point that I can enjoy my my money. Absolutely. And I think it's so important for people, whether you're an entrepreneur, whatever you're doing in life is you got to also enjoy life. Yeah. Like, I know so many people that say, well, as soon as I retire, I'm going to start having fun. Start having fun now. Start <laughs> having pleasure now. Like don't wait, build all of that in Yeah. We, like, because you may be too old or mm-hmm. you may not get that opportunity. You know, we no no time is, is, is guaranteed or promised. And yeah. so it's so important to find the joy in life. And that's why I always try to make sure I budget um, for people to like have that joy. You know, I've got my little bank account that's just for pure non-justified money spending. Uh, And (laughs) when it's empty, I wait till it replenishes, but mostly it keeps replenishing because I love seeing it grow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's awesome. I love that. That's like a whatever money. Like I don't care what I do with it, money, but it's going to be there. It's <laughs> there. I put money aside for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I absolutely love that. Uh, well, Bob, um, one of the things you also offer through your company, the money nerve is a course. You have a course titled mastering the emotions of money. So tell us about this course in case our listeners are interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, so I love working with people and helping people to uncover, mm-hmm. excavate all of that baggage from the past. Yeah. Um, I, I developed mastering the emotions of money for people that didn't have the time to sit and meet with me on a weekly basis um, to actually go through this course. It takes you through your history. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of journaling. There's a lot of uncomfortable moments. Um, several people have told me my therapist loves you because I've made a whole, they've made a whole lot of money off of going through all this stuff that we've <laughs> dug up. And um, you know, we go through the practical stuff. We talk about the undervoice and getting conscious and, yeah. and then really starting to look like I call it honest budgeting because mm-hmm. when I'm talking to people at a budget, a lot of people will, will not list their addictions, will not list their indulgences. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm not judging whether you love to spend money at the store or if you like to buy alcohol or candy bars, but we need to account for it. And so it's more about just being honest and less judgmental. Um, And what I really try to encourage people when they're doing the course and when people work with me is to just get really curious. Mm. Isn't that interesting that I love to do this? Isn't this interesting that I'm afraid to move forward? Yeah, now, I'm really curious about that rather than, oh my God, you're so bad. Look where you are. You haven't gotten where you said you'd be. We want to take out the judgment and yeah. then take through those steps so that people then can start to live their fullest, best life. I think that's great to reframe the, the you know, the undervoice in your head rather than shaming yourself and judging yeah. yourself. It's like, well, let's just observe. Let's just be curious. Yeah. Like, oh, that is interesting that I like to buy this after a day of whatever, you know, like that is quite fascinating. And I like that because it just shows more compassion to yourself and just acknowledging the fact that, you know, we are logical, but also emotional human beings. And so we're going to spend on things that help us feel good, but not necessarily be good all the time. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things too, is I've really discovered, um, and I know other people have found this as true, well as have found this true as well. Sorry. Um, You know, if I'm comfortable with my bank account, not being overdrawn, Mm -hmm. that's where I'm going to be comfortable. If I'm comfortable with $2,000 in my bank account, if I inherit 50,000 bucks, I'm going to blow that money until I get right back to my comfort level. Mm. And so for me, it's to try and create all these other savings accounts and other investments that are not part of my main uh, checking account so that they're not in my, you know, direct vision. Yeah. Um, and so that we learn to increase our comfort level of what we're allowed to have because so many people go, Oh no, no, no I can't have 20,000 in my bank account. Yeah. Let me spend that until I get right back to where I'm comfortable. Yeah, I definitely had that issue in my young 20s when I was self-employed. I always had a certain number in my account. And as soon as the money would increase, like, no, it's interesting. I appreciate you bringing that up because now, like I said, it brings me back to when I was younger and I'd always somehow end up back at that number. Like that was yeah. oddly my comfort level. I don't know yeah. why it just was. Yeah. Um, so it is, I, I like that. And, and coming up with ways to maybe secretly stash money in other places mm-hmm. and other investments, I think is sound advice. And I'm sure that's one of many advice that you give to your clients. Yeah, I just think it's so important to figure out where are you triggered, where do you sabotage, and then figure out safeguards against yourself so that you can actually work for you instead of against you. 
Yeah, that's powerful. Well, you know, Bob, as we wrap up here, I definitely want to make sure I've covered all my bases and that you shared everything you want to share. So on the thoughtful entrepreneur, is there any uh, final advice you want to share with our listeners today? Well, you know, I was thinking about this um, for entrepreneurs out there that are starting a business. Mm-hmm. There's two questions that I ask myself um, as a as a business owner. I ask myself, would I be a client of mine? Mm. And would I want to work for me? And if the answer is no to both of those, I really need to do some self-reflecting yeah. because what I do want to have is a win-win-win. I want it to be a win for my clients. I want it to be a win for me. And I want it to be a win for my staff. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to ask yourself, would I want to work for me? Yeah. Would I be happy with the services that I provide? Awesome. Well, that is a great way to wrap up our conversation. So Bob, I want to thank you so much again for joining us here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So great to be here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. And again, to our listeners, once again, this is Bob Wheeler, the CEO of The Money Nerve, um, and also the host of the podcast show, Money You Should Ask, and the author of the book, The Money Nerve, Navigating the Emotions of Money. Be sure to learn more about him and check out his website at themoneynerve.com. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.